It's the month before football season starts, so let's shift our focus to NFL football. What do I expect from the NFC South, whether it's the Panthers, the Saints, the Bucks, or the Falcons? What team has a coach that's on the hot seat? Is Dennis Allen going to still prevail in his new role after being out of it for so long? How is Todd Bowles going to do in the Tampa Bay system, especially with Tom Brady coming back, but Gronk retiring? And of course... What are my thoughts about whatever the Atlanta Falcons are doing? It's an all-new episode on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go. Don't wait. This night's almost over. On it. Let's make this night last forever. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sorman at Jake's Take Podcast at Jake's Support Team. And as always, this show can be found on Variety Sports as well. This is sponsored by Variety Sports. That is our network. I think it's been a long time. I think it's been long enough to where we focus on the Southern teams. Now, obviously, I wanted to do a deep dive into the NFC South because being completely honest, looking at the NFC South compared to the rest of the divisions, they have so many new head coaches. Well, let me rephrase that. They have new head coaches in Matt Rule. But basically with this, all of these teams are a big part of our small market cities, all of a big part of the South, and they deserve some focus. Now, fortunately, throughout this, these are some talented teams. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you have the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, and you have the Charlotte Panthers. Now, I know some people are going to look at that and say, well, really, only one of those teams made the playoffs. That's true. But you also have teams that can still be dynamic. And you have the Saints who are building something really exciting. Yes, I am biased because I'm a Saints fan. Now, looking at this, they have a lot of excitement to go for, too, because these teams are young teams. They have a lot to focus on. And there's really a lot to dive into. So one of the things that we might want to ask is, well, what are the ideas with the Atlanta Falcons? Now, fortunately for this, Atlanta does have a bit of an identity. The downside of this is that they did something really ridiculous and traded Matt Ryan in the offseason. And now they're going with Marcus Mariota as their starting quarterback. I don't know how to physically feel about that because this is going to be a huge change. Now, Arthur Smith has Marcus Mariota as his quarterback. We've seen this before. But we're also talking about a guy who lost his job to Ryan Tannehill. So how I look at that is our Falcons fans looking to this as, well, this might be the case where it might be Desmond Ritter time. Not necessarily. It could be a completely different thing too. But also a new thing in this regard is that there is some new depth. This is a young team. This is a team that actually can prevail. You know, you got Drake London, you have Kyle Pitts, who has so much upside and talent and is going to, you know, take a lot of coverage. He's also a freak athlete. I mean, he's the same size as Gronk and Travis Kelsey. That's a big part of it too. You have Cordero Patterson, who is a Swiss Army knife and can play running back, receiver, returner. I'm pretty sure you could line him up at tight end like Taysom Hill, I think in this regard, they will be fine there. But there is a lot more question marks too. Now, fortunately, they have a pretty good offensive line. 
but this is still a young team. Now, I think with Atlanta, now hopefully in the success that we saw with the Braves and Georgia, maybe they'll rub off on the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not too sure. But right now, I think my biggest thing is that looking at this Falcons team, I don't want to necessarily say that the pressure is on for Arthur Smith, but you just had your first losing season in your first year as a head coach. Falcons fans are patient, but they also are used to disappointment. That's kind of a thing where Atlanta fans have said that before. What are you going to do to change that? This isn't meant to direct anything towards you. This isn't meant to say that you're not a good coach. But the sample size is so small. We can't just say, oh, well, we're going to fire him for one year because he didn't do enough. We don't know what he can do. You know, he could come in and completely change everything in year two, and the NFC South could be a completely competitive division. We don't know, but our sample size is so small. And yes, they're in a rebuild, but we also need to see what can happen in this rebuild. You know, there's so many possibilities. It could be one of everything that we have to see. But looking at this, I feel like the Atlanta Falcons might be a team that we might need to keep watch on. The next team I want to focus on is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I know in this regard, we don't typically cover teams from Florida because, you know, Florida kind of does their own thing, somewhere to Texas, but they're in the division, so we need to focus on them. Now, the biggest storyline with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was that Tom Brady retired and then 40 days later decided that he didn't want to. And then Bruce Arians stepped away, and now Todd Bowles is going to be the head coach. Once again, as I mentioned, this is going to be a very new head coaching teams throughout the NFC South. Now, in this regard, what do I think about this? Well, Todd Bowles has done a great job with the defense, and I think there will still be some excitement there. The defense will be great. But I've also seen Todd Bowles as a coach in New York, and that didn't end up good. Now, I know people could look at it and say, well, you know, the roster is different. The pieces are there. It's a different culture. Well, yes, but also players aren't going to dictate entirely what happens with the coach. It could be something about respect. It could be about how he leads. He could come in there and they just say, oh, well, you know, I don't want to pay attention to you. It could be something where the offense says, no, I don't want to listen to this. It's something where we can't just base it off of, okay, because he had one bad experience. That's going to be the case everywhere. It could be. It couldn't be. But right now, we need to see how this will work. Because this is a completely new culture. Yes, there's the support. But you also have to deal with the fact that your quarterback is 45, that Tom Brady retired and then came back, that Gronk is gone, you lost pieces on your defense, and you have all these pieces that are moving around. And also, Leonard Fournette showed up to camp weighing a lot and was out of shape. So I think in this regard, there's a lot more questions there. But I also want to see what Todd Bowles can do in his first year as a head coach in Tampa Bay. It's kind of a redemption story. I feel like he and Dennis Allen have those redemption stories that allow them to take a look at it as we can show that we deserve the second chance. So I'm excited, but also it's two different approaches. Bruce Arians was known for his offense. It was exciting to watch Bruce Arians. He, you saw what he did with Carson Palmer. You saw what he did with Tom Brady. 
Did you see what he had done when he was the interim head coach and he took the Colts to the playoffs? Also, fun fact for Sanders to work at Alabama. I think with this, it was exciting. But Todd Bowles is a completely different mantra, different kind of coach. He's a defensive coach. I know that with the NFL and with football, defense isn't as exciting as people think. Granted, I, you know, went to Alabama and I thought watching defense, pummel everyone was great. Maybe there will be a new mantra. Maybe it'll be something similar to the Chicago Bears defense of the 80s. Maybe it can be something similar to, I don't know, the Legion of Boom. Not saying that he's going to turn it exactly to that. But think about the defense in that Super Bowl against Kansas City. That was Todd Bowles. Now he has the chance to capitalize on that excitement. And who knows what he can do? It's exciting. And now he has the chance to redeem himself as well. Now, obviously, we want to highlight how the teams are going to be looking in the preseason power rankings. Now, we're also not going to look at PFF because PFF has so many things that they do wrong. So we are going to go to the official website of the NFL. So let's see where we can start. Okay, so at number three, we have the Buccaneers. Now, it says here that it's incredible to talk of his advancing age and it no longer prompts any serious discussion of decline. That's so crazy to me because I don't think I know any 45-year-old who can still look like Tom Brady and still throw and play like Tom Brady because I'm pretty sure Peyton Manning is around that same age and he's been retired for years. Anyway, moving on. So I think with this, right now, as long as they have Tom Brady, they should be fine. But the big part here is making sure that they can protect him. Now, unfortunately, Ryan Jensen did get hurt. So this all falls on Tristan Worse. Now, I know that would be a pretty big thing to say, but, you know, he was a pro bowler and an all-pro in his rookie season, and he's coming back in his third season. He's going to be terrific. So I'm not worried about the O-line. Really what I'm more worried about is making sure that you have protection for Tom Brady. Now, obviously, in the 2015 AFC Championship game, Tom Brady was uncomfortable. He was running for his life. He wasn't being protected. Now, a big part of this was because... Throughout that year, they were reshuffling the O-line. Now, one of the biggest stories was David Andrews, but that's not really important. Basically, what happened was that Nate Solder got hurt, and then Sebastian Vollmer got hurt. You lost your two starting tackles, and that was a big thing for the Patriots. That's why Tom Brady got so uncomfortable. He needs to have that protection so he's able to step up in the pocket and still do well. Because he's going to move around and stuff. He's not super athletic but he's elusive and he is smart so he needs players who are going to allow him to buy time fortunately now it is the preseason so you can get people comfortable with this and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so I mean they're practicing against a really good defense but it's still a big blow to lose someone like Ryan Jensen when you also lost Ali Marpet to retirement and then you also lost another alignment to free agency. So basically, they're having to reset up this O-line, and it seems like right now that Tristan Worst is the only one coming back, so that's kind of a bit of a blow. Now, as we look through this list, we're kind of scrolling down, and throughout the top 10, there isn't another NFC South team, which is upsetting, but also very understandable because it makes sense. Now, we get to number 13. Now, this is what they say for number 13, and it's the New Orleans Saints. Now, this is what they say. Saints fans have to be thrilled with the beat reporter dispatches on Michael Thomas. The former All-Pro saw his career halted for the better part of two years by an ankle injury, but he has practiced without any noticeable issues at training camp. 
New Orleans has wisely paced Thomas's ramp-up process in an effort to avoid the kind of setback that can completely wipe out a season. You can't overstate what a vintage version of Thomas could mean for Jameis Winston and the Saints' fortunes in 22. The pairing of a healthy Thomas with the electrifying rookie Crystal Lave is a recipe for major damage in the NFC South. As a Saints fan, my mouth is watering because I love that. With this, they are handling Michael Thomas's return in a very great standard. I think number 13 is a little bit high, but I still think it's very manageable. It all depends on the health of Michael Thomas. And I think with this, if you put Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Jarvis Landry together, that is a pretty scary receiving core. That's almost very similar with this in regards to the Minnesota Vikings. You know, you think about Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. This could be as dynamic, if not even scarier. Now let's scroll down a little bit more and see what our next NFC South team is. So looking at this, we get to 23, we've got the Carolina Panthers. Yes, I know we have another thing involving Charlotte. We just can't go anytime without talking about Charlotte. I really hope that someday that the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, sends me a check for the amount of times I mention them on this show. Now, in this regard, it's showing that Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are splitting first team reps in training camp. What? So you traded for Baker Mayfield. And you still think that Sam Donald can be your quarterback. Okay, wow. Okay, well, this makes zero sense. So, obviously, right now, this is all going to be the big focus on this. Because now, Sam Donald's answering questions about the trade block. I think with this, you have to have more focus on the rest of your team than who's going to be throwing the ball. I know that it's been some time. But still, this actually could be concerning because, you know, you have Christian McCaffrey coming back. DJ Moore's still there. DJ Moore might want to get traded. And same with Robbie Anderson. So you need to find a way to make sure that all these players are happy. And also, I don't know, choose a quarterback who will help you win. Because right now, you're kind of slowly going through the 2018 NFL draft. I'm pretty sure next is going to be Josh Rosen. Now, we scroll down a little bit more. and we. We'll probably see way at the bottom, and I was right, the Atlanta Falcons at 31. So with this, obviously, they brought in Dean Pease as a defensive coordinator. And right now, I feel like with the Atlanta Falcons, they're obviously in a rebuild. So we're going to have to see what they do. But this seems about right. I feel like that it's very interesting to see their approach. I wouldn't be surprised if the Atlanta Falcons, you know, kind of come out and surprise us, but they're a team that has a lot of question marks and there's something that really I need to see or understand what they're doing before I can get excited more about them. And if you were wondering if we could go this long without talking about the city of Charlotte, well, you guessed it, we can't. Now, I know that I feel like we talk about Charlotte so much on this podcast and actually one of my closest friends is from Charlotte, so when I saw him a few weeks ago, he had asked, what's going on with Charlotte? My response was, I don't know, you're from there. So I think in this regard, obviously, the Carolina Panthers have a lot of question marks in regards to what they're doing. There's question marks about the quarterback. There's question marks about the defense. There's also question marks about your head coach. And there's question marks about Christian McCaffrey. Now, the biggest thing in regards to this team is that it all revolves on Christian McCaffrey's health. Is he going to be healthy? How is he going to perform? And what can he do for this team? 
Now, put that in together with whoever your quarterback is going to be, whether it is Baker Mayfield, Matt Corral, Sam Darnold, or hey, let's throw in a wild card of Josh Rosen because eventually I know it's going to happen. I know that they're going to make their way down the 2018 NFL draft and they can't get Josh Allen and they can't get Lamar. So let's see them go get Josh Rosen. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. I think in this regard that the development of this team hinges on the quarterback play, Christian McCaffrey's ability to stay healthy, the defense still playing good and building through the draft, and also depending on Matt Rule. Now, I mentioned in the beginning of the episode that Matt Rule is the coach, and he's actually the longest tenured coach throughout the NFC South, but I mentioned the hot seat. Out of the four coaches in the NFC South, Matt Rule is on the hot seat. Matt Rule is coaching for his job. Matt Rule is going to do or needs to do what he can to keep his job because this is a very tough division because right now we have not seen a consistent Carolina Panthers team. I think in this regard, we need to see what Matt Rule can do. We need to see what this offense can do, what this defense can do. Because you have playmakers. You have DJ Moore. You have Robbie Anderson. You have Chuba Hubbard. You have Christian McCaffrey. But Christian McCaffrey needs to be able to stay healthy. And with this, obviously, you know, he isn't rushing back. He's feeling better, which is great. But he's also 26. So we need to make sure that he is protected. And this comes down to the O-line. They did the right thing in getting a offensive lineman in the draft and they're building in the trenches they also surrounded different playmakers but in this regards i think right now it's very important to see what carolina can do now in regards to the coaching staff matt rule needs to realize that he cannot run his team like a college team this isn't baylor this isn't the big 12 this is the nfl you need to get these players to respect you you need to communicate with them I'm not saying that you need to be just like Bill Belichick because there's only one Bill Belichick, but you need to have the respect and the understanding of your team in order to be successful. And to reference our former episodes about the city of Charlotte, you need to have a culture. You need to have a team culture that binds this team together. You need to lead this team. These aren't college students. These are adults, and these are people who are looking to you still as a mentor, but also looking to you with respect. You need to have opportunities where they can show that you not only treat them well, but that they deserve your respect and their respect. And of course, I want to take some time to focus on the New Orleans Saints. Now, obviously, with the New Orleans Saints, we had an episode about New Orleans. We had an episode about the Saints a few months ago. And the focus now is what can this team do under a new head coach? Obviously, we brought in Dennis Allen as the head coach, but right now the question mark still is going to be on what can Jameis Winston do. Now, unfortunately, Jameis did have an injury, but he'll be okay. He should be able to be back and okay for the start of week one, but there are going to be different questions about the Saints team. Obviously, Dennis Allen's time as a coach wasn't the best, but I mean, back then the Raiders had a bit of a more questions in regards to their culture. And obviously now, you know, this was a team that really vouched for him. You know, he had been their defensive coordinator. 
He had been a part of this team for the past four years, and he also retained a good majority of his staff. So that just speaks volumes about what the New Orleans Saints mean as a team, but it also really shows what the Saints mean to Dennis Allen and what these players think of him. This is going to be a team that is going to be focused on offense and defense. They have amazing defense. You know, they signed the Honey Badger. They also got Daniel Sorensen. I know people make fun of him, but they have Paulson Debo. They have Demario Davis. They have Marshawn Lattimore. Yes, I know that the loss of Malcolm Jenkins is going to be huge, but there's still some excitement there. But there is a big question mark, and it comes on the offensive side of the ball, and that's with Alvin Kamara. Now, Alvin Kamara had been arrested during the Pro Bowl last year, and we're still waiting to hear back from what could happen in regards to Kamara's sentencing. If Kamara is suspended, then it comes down to really who's going to step up. Obviously, you have Mark Ingram, but he's older. You have a few other people, too. But this is a question where you might need to think of this regard. Now, you have some pretty good players on the team, but you also need someone to run the ball. Now, does that mean you trade for someone? Does that mean you bring someone from the practice squad? Do you try and sign someone? There are different questions. There are different opportunities, but they will figure it out. Fortunately, you have your offensive coordinator who's still there because Pete Carmichael was kept. But you also have a really good offensive line as well. The loss of Toronto Armstead is going to hurt. But you still have Ramchek, and you still have Andrews Pete, Cesar Ruiz, and you have Eric McCoy. This offensive line is going to be fine. I think with this team, they're going to be great. It's exciting. The NFC South has a lot of excitement to be excited about. So I cannot wait because football season is coming. And it'll be great because, man, I really miss watching some of the South teams play football. Now with this, who do I have winning the NFC South? Well, obviously, you do realize that I'm from Mobile, Alabama, and what city is very much like Mobile, then New Orleans, boom, there's my answer. You might be thinking, well, you know, what if they don't win it? You know, I could see Tampa Bay winning it. I think that right now, this is going to be a division where it comes down to Tampa Bay, and it also comes down to what New Orleans can do but both of them can be competitive. They have the pieces. They have the coaches. They're more well-known coaches. Yes, I know that they have different backgrounds and they had that, you know, not so great times in their former position. But I think with them, these two coaches are going to be competitive. And besides, I know that right now Atlanta is in rebuilding and Charlotte has way too many questions in regards to the Carolina Panthers. So I think right now it can be the New Orleans Saints and the Buccaneers, but I see the New Orleans Saints coming out on top. You know, they are a more consistent team. They have more answers. Yes, they're a mix of young and veteran team, but also they have an O-line to protect Jameis. No offense, Tom Brady. I think with this, I have New Orleans winning. We will see, but I think right now, it's, this is New Orleans' division to lose, and we'll just have to wait and see how things go. But that is going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love, all the support, all the excitement. We actually just hit 300 followers on Instagram. Thank you so much for all the support, the celebration. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, 
Jake Small Market Sports Take, or you can find us on Variety Sports Network. We can also be found on both of those, whether it's on Anchor, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. We're available there. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Jake Still 14. You can find us on Variety Sports, Instagram, and Twitter, at Variety underscore sports underscore, and the same for its Twitter. We are so excited to continue to get more content out. You can find us on the website. If you can, please drop a like, a follow, subscribe, check out our YouTube channel for Variety Sports Network. The next episode is going to once again focus on more of some storylines with the SEC, kind of seeing what our teams are up to. And as always, I'm very excited to keep doing this. Y'all have made this journey so wonderful, and I keep learning more and more from it each and every day. So once again, thank you so much. As always, continue to be the best version of you you can be. Love each other. Bring happiness. Bring excitement. Go on adventures. Enjoy the little things in life. And as always, I will see and hear from y'all later. Take care.